All-American Chelsea Podcast. I'm going on tour, and I'm going to show anybody out there that thinks for one second that maybe I'm second-guessing myself that I am the greatest of all time forever and ever. One surprise. One surprise. I'm back. To make it off the ice cold streets of the city You better have a Christopher word game with it You better have a dance game similar to Diddy Or play b-baller but a rim like Smitty Josh, Chris, Bosh, Paul, Gasol Or any other nigga that ball and tall I used to sell it white as Paul Wall Gave my young boy three of them in the mall And he gon' bring me 75k back tomorrow You know what big about you know what bigger do? Ice water in my veins, hard pumping igloo. I'm familiar with the money, so who the fuck is you? What the fuck you do? Where the fuck you from? Who you knowing? Somebody get this nigga, I don't know him. And I'm about to jet off on his ass like a bowie. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am your homie, the host, the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy, Christian, coming back at you live from beautiful, sunny Miami, Florida. What's going on, everybody? So, let me tell you, truth be told, I mean, first, we have a phenomenal podcast today with uh, with the homie Louis, Louis, well, he, his name is Louis, but he prefers Louis because there's two Louises on 100% Chelsea. So today we have Louis, we have a phenomenal podcast with him, a great sit down with him. So just a little backstory, a little behind the scenes of this episode of the podcast. So first... I like my release schedule. I'm, I'm working on it right now. The one that I'm sticking to, the one that I've planned on bringing to you guys is releasing, recording Sunday, releasing Monday, recording Tuesday, releasing Wednesday, recording Thursday, releasing Friday, and so on and so forth. You, you, get, you get the idea. Well, not so on and so forth. Yeah, that's the release schedule. So... This episode of the podcast right now, so you guys have a little reference, a little timestamp. It is 5.06 on Wednesday. So this portion of the podcast, if you hear it, nine times out of ten, I'll record it be after the podcast. So if I'm flying solo, then I'll just do the whole thing in one take. If I'm interviewing somebody, if I have somebody on, then I will do this after the interview so that way i can give you a little bit of context of the conversation that we have before you listen to the conversation so normally what i do is i record if i'm interviewing somebody in the uk i'll record that depending on whatever time that uh that is convenient for them i'll record that part it's happening now that i'm recording it at in the morning so six o'clock in the morning um was the time that we recorded this one. And then later on in the day, on my lunch break, since this part is short, I'll record it on my lunch break and give you guys the context. So yesterday I got home, I'm on my lunch break, whatever, and I get home from work and I'm like, ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it tomorrow morning and I'll just record everything tomorrow, you know, throughout the day and release it at one o'clock. 
So, and that's the the other part about it. I'm, I'm I record it and then I like to release it at one o'clock. So it's one o'clock my time, you know, in the UK, which is uh, right now I, I have people all over the planet, but uh, for obvious reasons I have it's like fifty percent of the 50%, so 25% in the U.S., 25% in the U.K., and sprinkled everywhere else around there. So, 1 o'clock, my time, 6 o'clock, U.K. time. So, my wife and I come home from work, uh, and we're it's lunch, and we're going to grab lunch. So, we pull into the driveway, and we see an iguana. So an iguana is, if, for those of you who don't know, Google it so you can get a, a picture to see what an iguana is. Iguana is, for lack of better words, a giant ass lizard. All right? So I am not a fan of lizards. Not to say that I'm afraid of them. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of lizards and frogs. Um, if one's on me, one's on my son, I'm ripping it off of me, no problem. But I'm not going to go chase after it and touch it and stuff like I would with snakes. I know. It's crazy. Snakes do not bother me. I have basic snake knowledge, so I know which ones to avoid, which ones to that are cool to look at. But since I'm not like a snake expert, I'm not I'm not running around my house or wherever I see a snake and grabbing it and stuff like. I'm not doing that. But I'll get close to it and be like, oh, okay, cool. This is you know a garden snake. This is this snake. This is that snake. A black racer, whatever. Um, so. Snakes don't bother me, but lizards and frogs do. And iguana is just a big-ass lizard. So we see it. My wife sees it, and she grabs the phone, and we're recording a video. Like, hey, look, to, to my three-year-old, my three-year-old son who's in school. We're like, hey, buddy, look, it's an iguana. He came to visit you. You know, something cute for a three-year-old, right? So the iguana walks off, goes through the front yard, and then I have my neighbor's fence is next to my front yard. This is why the podcast didn't come out at one o'clock. And climbs up the fence and he's on the fence. My dog, I have two dogs. I have a pit bull, a pit bull terrier. And for those in the UFK, UFK, <laughs> those in the UK, a pit bull terrier is a larger version of American pit bull terrier is a larger version of like a Staffordshire bull terrier. So I have my pit bull. He's not interested in little animals. He's more interested in cats. Don't bring a cat, a stranger, or a dog around my pit. He's not a fan of those. Um, but lizards and all that type of shit, he doesn't give two shits about. My little dog, she's a like a rat terrier, fox terrier. She's a mix. We got her from the pound. Um, she loves lizards, rats, mice. Anything like that, small. She goes after him. She chases him. That's her shit. So we're like, all right, let the dogs out. <laughs> so open the door. Dogs come out. They see us. And boom, the little dog, she peeps the, 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 the iguana on top of the fence from a mile away. And she starts, like, creeping closer to him. And then, so my wife is like, hey, relax. And so she's chasing behind her, like, walking behind her. Like, hey, hey, relax, relax, relax. So I'm in the front yard. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, I th- I do not want to be dealing with an iguana right now. Like, and then I see, boom, another iguana. So I have two iguanas. The other one is next to the coconut tree in the front yard. And I'm like, motherfucker, two iguanas. Like, yo, I just want to go inside. I got shit to do. I want to eat my lunch. Ba, 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 B, B, B. So 
right? So the little dog and my wife are going closer to the iguana. My wife is like kind of like trying to get the iguana's attention, like, go away, go away. <laughs> Boom. The little dog sees the iguana and she charges the fence, right? And the iguana, for whatever reason, I don't know why an iguana would do this, jumps off the fence and dives at the little dog, right? So Layla, the little dog, so... Layla's my little dog, right? Layla, boom. The iguana is at her feet, like under her feet and shit. And my wife goes, ah! She screams, so, right? So what do I do? Motherfucker, I scream too. <laughs> I don't want that shit by me, bro. I scream like a little bitch. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I jumped and I screamed. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then now right and then so now the, the iguana takes off boom starts running to my backyard Layla's running to the backyard Lennox is my my pitbull he's taking off to the front yard right and so now they're in the backyard and they're trying to get after this iguana and now it's two dogs versus an iguana in a fight and I'm just like Oh my god, like this is not the type of shit that I need, but I'm dying laughing because like I I wasn't scared like the iguana was gonna attack me or whatever like that, but I was startled, yo. I was startled. Like my wife jumped up, ah the dogs and and the whole shit, like I jumped back, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so that is why this podcast came out at it's coming out at this time as opposed to one o'clock or whatever. Oh, mother. And then this is the best part. I have security cameras around the house. Then we come inside and my wife is rolling on the floor, laughing her ass off. Ah, 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 ah. And then she goes, oh, the cameras. Ah. And then we're watching each other on the cameras, watching me jump back. I, I, I'm going to put the clip up. I'll put the clip up on uh, on Twitter. I'm going to put the clip up of Twitter of me jumping back and going, oh, shit, over the iguana. So, oh, my God. So that is why this podcast did not come out at 1 o'clock or is not published at 1 o'clock because a fucking iguana scared me like a little bitch. So that's that. Don't judge me, all right? Fuck, fuck you guys. Don't judge me. Don't be laughing at me either. So, all right, people. So let's get into uh, the interview. Like I said... Um, I had a great time talking to the boy. I had a great time talking to, um, to the kid, Louie. I, I can't tell you, like, I know that listening over to, listening to this podcast over seven episodes, this is going to be the eighth. Um, you guys have heard me say this and this is, uh, this is just who I am. I can't, I can't take it back. I dream about going to the bridge. I dream about walking up those yellow steps. I dream about, you know, seeing the steward at the top of the steps. I, I dream about all these people. And I also dream about doing a fan cam with Louie looking at him, you know. Think of it from my perspective. Like, I've never been to the bridge. I've seen Chelsea play three times in real life. But I've never been to the bridge. I watch these videos on YouTube. Like, you watch these videos on YouTube. And I, I, I picture and I imagine getting there. So talking to him is like taking a step 
closer to a dream coming true. So that's why, like, I was really excited looking and looking forward to speaking to him uh, because it was sort of kind of having a dream come true, you know? Um, so that's it. Here's the interview with Louis from 100% Chelsea. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll catch you at the end of the interview, which will be in 30 seconds. This is a little bit of a peek behind the magic. So, 30 seconds. All right, everybody. I'm bringing you guys the man himself from 100% Chelsea. So if you guys ever go to the match, if we all make our pilgrimage to the motherland, to, to, to our home, which is Stamford Bridge, there is a man that you must meet outside of the gates. And that is Louis, or Louis, as he prefers to be known, from 100% Chelsea. And he is on the podcast today to speak to us about our beloved Chelsea Football Club. Louis talk to me how are you today my man i'm good man that that's a hell of an intro that's a <laughs> hell of an intro i mean lewis is usually there as well so it's you know if you want to come see us we're always outside the ground but yeah man thank you for having me yeah no absolutely thank you for for coming on um it's pretty crazy going down this road of podcasting that you know all the people that i'm interacting with reaching out on twitter um it, it's just amazing how like the internet's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> the internet <laughs> no, is internet. so cool, man. I love it, man. I love it. It's this. It's it's where everything starts now. So everything starts on the internet. You know, if you want to get some, you know, shopping, go get it. Want to buy some shoes? I mean, there's literally everything there. So you know, to be able to say that you when you go to someone, what's your job? Oh, it's the internet. And they go, what? And you go, hell yeah, I love that shit. It's like you know, one of those. So, yeah, so that's awesome. That's awesome. So, my man, talk to me. See, like, in this podcast, I don't, you know, obviously we're here to talk about Chelsea. But I always feel like there's more to the person that I'm speaking to than just the football club. And in your case, um, you are a fan and you have a YouTube fan channel. So I'm interested always in that aspect as well. So, I, um, for like I was introduced to you by Eunice on. He was the one that was running 100% Chelsea before uh, you guys took it over full time. And then there was one fan cam I remember in particular where your face literally transformed in front of our eyes, and you went ultra instinct. You turned red and you went ape shit. And I was like, yo, this is my guy right here. This is my man. So talk to me. Like, how did you go from a man that spoke from the heart so passionately about our football club to a guy that's doing fan cams uh, for us week in and week out? So, I mean, it was, it was, it was a bit of a weird one, to be honest. So, like, to be honest, that, that video, I was 17 years old. So it's a bit of a, a weird scenario. Um, so kind of just oh, that school and i didn't really fit in kind of had this whole i I was i was privately educated but where my dad drove a uh, a people carrier because he had three kids and it was economical the usual conversation was my dad drives a maserati what does your dad drive so i didn't really fit in yeah in terms of uh those kind of people and it was it was horrible weeks i'd come down to the football i just enjoy it and that would be my release i'd be yelling at a pitch 
I'd be saying, I'd be singing, just, you know, it's, it's it's what it always was. So football was always, it used to be, there was that saying of sort of like, it would, uh, you'd go to the football after work so you wouldn't take it out on your wife at home. It is very, well, nowadays it's probably not the best term to be using, but you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's what kind of, I went there just to take it out so I wouldn't end up, you know, punching someone in the head at school or something. Um, and then after we beat Tottenham in the League Cup final, this bloke, with a massive afro just walks up to me and goes oh do you want to do a fan cam and i was like yeah all right fuck it why not that was kind of my that was my mindset i was like yeah go on let's do it um so i just started speaking to him and he turns out to be eunice and then i do my fan cam and i walk away um i walk about 200 yards and then it was literally just a case of you like you know what i think there's something in this so i went back and spoke to him after he'd done another fan cam i said like look is there, is there any way for me to get more involved Went, well, yeah, let's just come down. Let's do let's do fan cams during the week, and then we'll speak to show and see what happens. And then that just developed, and obviously that summer, me and Eunice did more videos together. Uh, that was the fifth. That was the fourteen fifteen season. And then obviously the next season rolled around, and every home game I was there, I spoke to Eunice. And then that particular video, I just had an awful, awful week. Like it was, it was that was that was just you know the cherry on top of the cake after seeing after seeing Chelsea do as bad as they were. I'd had a, a shite week. Um, that's the 15 and 16 season. I, I mean, 2015 is probably one of my best years of my life. Um, well, it is the best year of my life. It's the year that my uh, son was born. But that 2016 year was a shit year. And on top of that, right. we have that 15 and 16 season that I, I never want to like I. I never want to go back there again, ever. No. <laughs> I never want to go there again. No, I, I, to be honest, I don't. I don't think it's something that can happen that easily. I think it's a case of we've semi learned from our mistakes. Uh, however, last season kind of showed that we we still really haven't. Um, I think. I think that to be honest, I don't think our club is run in the correct manner. I think in terms of business infrastructure and in terms of the business of football, football is a very very in, independent business from the from any on, on, on other on the planet. You're not going to see anything like it. And you know we've got someone who's trying to in, in Marino Gravasky who's trying to balance the books and all that kind of stuff. And it just doesn't really fit into the model. Like if you go into football, you go to win trophies. You go to win trophies, you earn more money. The more money you earn, the more likely you are to balance your books. It's that type of thing. And we went with that mentality for years. And then it almost felt like when we won the Champions League the hunger disappeared it's still there and you can you can tell it's still there but it's not the same as it used to be um i, I think you know I, I miss peter kenyon basically i just miss someone who who understands the business of football because i don't i don't feel that marina does who is peter kenyon for those who don't know so peter kenyon so when, when abramovich took over at chelsea um he wanted someone who understood football as a business who could get the deals done um Peter Kenyon is what Marina is now, but Peter Kenyon had previously worked at Manchester United uh, for about 10 years, I think, before that. And he'd obviously seen massive deals coming. I'm talking Rude van Nistelrooy. I'm talking, I think he oversaw the Ronaldo deal as well before he came to Chelsea. Um, but then he came into the club and he was the guy that got the deals done for all the big players. He got the deals done for Drogba. He got the deals, he got all the other contracts signed for Lampard and Terry when they wanted to extend. Sen, you know, we're, we're talking massive names. He was and the guy, guy that brought was, Torres right. as well. I think I don't. I think was he? I don't know. Was he the guy that brought Torres in? I, I, I okay. I mean, secret time. 
I kind of didn't know who Peter Canyon was. So if you if you if you watch um, the if you go back and you watch like when Roman first arrived, uh-huh. all those documentaries and all that kind of stuff. He's the bald guy when Mourinho left the club that made the statement for Chelsea. That was Peter Kenyon. Then it's definitely, he is definitely the gentleman that signed uh, Fernando Torres because when Torres was announced, there was a gentleman that I have, we, we don't see him anymore. It has to be him. That oh, So for the listeners, we signed Fernando Torres in the January window. At that time, it was the, I mean, you were in the country. I wasn't. Um, I was just starting okay so i i explained on my last uh podcast my introduction into chelsea football so right around the 2010 season right around there is my introduction so i obviously i had a passion for this club i always the way i describe a lot of people ask me and not on the internet it on around in my personal life when people see how passionate I am about this club they always ask me dude you just got into football like you you've only been watching almost 10 years and I, I explained to them is imagine you finding the love of your life at a club at a bar and yeah you just met that person at that moment and they do have a life previous to the moment that you met them but doesn't mean you don't love them with all your heart you know what i'm saying and that's how i am with this club um so as i'm going back and watching and catching up to all the you know all football history there's a video out um where Fernando Torres is introduced, and there's a bald gentleman that introduces him. I'm, if I'm, I, it's got to be him. He's kind of, he's kind of chubby. He was kind of chubby. Yeah, 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 I'd say that. Yeah, then that's definitely yeah. him, a hundred percent. Peter Peter Kenyon, as as a man, it's. I mean, if like obviously you watch Hunter Chelsea and all that. Whenever I say this isn't FIFA, and you talk about someone who signs players and use business acumen to do it and understood football. Peter Kenyon is your man. That like literally, the, he he was the one where if Ro, um, Roman sat down with Jose Mourinho or Ancelotti or whoever it was, said, "Who do you want?" and they go, "I want this guy. This is how they fit." Da, 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 da. And Kenyon would sit there and go, "I can see all of that and go and sign them." What happens now is Mourinho, for example, I'll take the goalkeeping situation when we lost Asmir Begovic. Now, obviously, I'm quite close with Jan Lolichon, which is um, Christoph's uh, Lolichon, the old goalkeeping coach's daughter. Okay. I mean, I sat down and had a conversation. Uh, once about when uh, you know they they he they, the goalkeeping team had all written down the names of who they wanted to replace Asmir Begovic. Top of that list was Jack Butland. Um, second on that list, I think, was bringing back Petr Cech. Third on that list was Willy Caballero, and fourth on that list was promoting Marco Emilia, I think, and then uh, bringing in a youth product to be the third choice goalkeeper. Um, Marina went for the cheapest options. Willy, which was free. Thing. Which is Willy Caballero, yeah. So it's a case of you look, you look at it's the same with Zappa Costa. Conte didn't want Zappa Costa; he wanted someone else. Zappa Costa was like second or third choice. Morata, second or third choice. We we don't go for our first choice strikers or our first choice options anymore. And I feel the only reason we've started doing that this year, for example, with Maurizio Sarri, is because he's gone. Yeah, I'm not coming unless you bring in this guy. And they are obviously desperate to see a complete change in what was very defensive, lacklustre football last year to a much more operative and flamboyant style. 
Um, and I think, for me, it's a case of, I think it's great that we splashed money. I think it's great that we've gone and broken our transfer record for the goalkeeper and now have the world's most expensive keeper. I think it's great that we signed Jorginho for 50-odd million. I think it's great that we've done all the business that we've done this summer, despite how late it was. Um, however, I want to see the same again next year. If we don't reach our goals and we don't achieve what we should, and Mauricio Sarri is still in place, which hopefully he will be, because obviously we know what Chelsea are like. You know, we we went from yeah. very defensive first football, uh, or a different time of football previously with uh, Carlo Ancelotti. It wasn't really defensive. It was kind of in the middle. Uh, and then you went to Andre Villas-Boas, who was supposed to be the next Mourinho and the prodigal son. Um, and obviously we saw massive changes there and it didn't work out. The same happened with Scolari. You know, I, I understand right now looking at this team, people may be worried about uh, Maurizio Sarri. Obviously we've gone from defensive to attacking football between him and Conte. But the one thing that worries me the most is, I think, for me personally, I'd want to see Sorry get as much time as possible, unless he does something really stupid like punch a kid in the head. But you know, it's a case of you <laughs> what, know, it, who is this kid? I mean, is this kid? Is he a Chelsea supporter? I mean, these I are mean, the questions probably, that I need to know before we get rid of be, him. It'll probably be Lewis that he punches in the head. Um, <laughs> I think he's, you know, sometimes I've got to really look after Lewis. We, we love him to bits. We have to kind of be like, come his, on, Lewis. No. His match day vlogs are the best. The best. Well, so look, look, the funniest thing about Lewis is when when I first met him, obviously our old cameraman Sammy, we were sat there, me and him. When when Eunice left, obviously I had to I had to kind of rebuild everything because Dan left as well to go chase what he wanted to do. So I was like, okay, right, I need to find someone who I know does something with cameras. I remember 15, 16 season, Sammy had been doing stuff with cameras for his A level project, and it was running a fan channel. It was like every home game for about six or seven weeks. And he used to sell, he sells the fanzines outside the ground. And I remember I was just going and chatting to him while that, during that season before games. I'd just walk up, have a talk and go watch it. And I just messaged him. Um, and I said, mate, how do you feel about doing all this kind of stuff? And it was honestly like, Sammy's one of my best friends on this planet. Like the, the guy, he found, he's the one that found Lewis, to be honest. Like Lewis, Lewis came into the channel through Sammy. Like he, he, he'd been doing fan cams since Eunice Lewis. And I used to speak to him. Uh-huh. And, um, Kind of, we, we were looking for bodies and I wasn't too sure. Then Sammy's went, what about Lewis? And I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe. I mean, let's see what else he can do. I mean, one thing that had always put me off, because I'm not glad when I first started speaking to Lewis, I could not look away from that dodgy moustache he used to have. Like, that was, <laughs> I, used just, I used to just stare at his moustache like, Lewis, mate. And then when we finally convinced him to shave it, you know, the world's, the world's become his oyster, so... <laughs> You know, that was me, me, Sammy, Chris. We all went, yeah, that needs to go. That was literally, you just sat down. Yeah, no, that needs to come off your face. Get it off. It's a um, dark, smoky room. You're like, all right, we brought you down here. We need to discuss something. He's like, what, what, what? That fucking mustache has got to go. <laughs> this is an intervention, Lewis. You have to get rid of it. It was like that scene in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Boyle's framing the goatee that he's got. And oh Terry holds onto him and Jake starts shaving his face. So close. <laughs> the amount of times I just got, I really want to shave that face of yours. Oh my um, god! Yeah, Lewis. Lewis turned up, and honestly, Lewis is a massive asset to the channel. Not just for fan cams, not just for vlogs, but honestly, the the mentality that he brings, how level-headed he is, or behind the behind the scenes. Like obviously, you know, um, Sammy. Sammy's now gone on to do better things. Lewis is still here, and Lewis is like my right-hand man now. He's my guy. So whenever we're discussing stuff, it's you know it's me and Lewis, and then we bounce it off Florence, and then you know it's like. 
we've got we i like to consider ourselves a little family and lewis is like my wartime consigliere you know in the godfather he's my tom hagen <laughs> tom hagen he's my tom hagen i am don cordione so you know it's a case that we got a I had to find him, and I found him in Lewis. And Lewis is, you know, the vlogs and everything. The guy is a genius. I love him. Yeah, no, his yeah. match day vlogs are the best. Um, which one was it? Which one? <gasps> the Atletico Madrid match day vlog. The one over there is it's is a piece of art. I, I can't that's, explain it any other that's way. His, that's his favorite one. You know? it's, that's his it's favorite a piece vlog. of art. It's a piece of art. I, I mean, that, that was a great vlog. I, I I have uh, like a little bit of a ritual after games where I uh, obviously I sit down and I watch all the fan cams. But there's a specific vlog where this guy's going to the when it's at the bridge. There's a, uh, a all right, guys, you know what? You're going into the mind of somebody that loves this football club. All right. So after the game, I watch this specific vlog. And it's this guy's first time going to the bridge. And so he's outside or whatever. And then he's walking up. Like, those yellow steps at the bridge before you go to see the pitch, like, I I, I can't tell you what those, like, what seeing those yellow steps would mean to me, like, in real life. I, I think that's the point where I'm going to lose it, where I, I know I'm going to break down right there before I even see the pitch literally right there when i see the yellow steps in real life so i watch that and then i watch i watch that and then i go watch the fan cam so i kind of like i feel like i was there you know i know it's crazy it's crazy all right i got it and that atletico madrid one i honestly i was celebrating knowing the result knowing the score i was celebrating with lewis as if I was there. It, th- those match day vlogs are the best. The best. The best. Yeah, I love them. I love. I-, I love watching Lewis's vlogs. Like for me, like even sitting there and watch. So when when we come home and he's he's literally straight on the edit. I'd like to just watch him do it. And the guy, like he he's got his mindset. He find the best part is for me. Like he finds the music first. And because I, I I like to think I think in a quite a similar way when I like, whenever I listen to music, I'm kind of trying to think how could you put shots to it. And Lewis does the same thing where he finds the track and then he goes, right, I'm going to drop this shot in here and balance it up with the music. And that is where, how it's going to start and have all that type of stuff. And Lewis, honestly, the guy works so hard. He's got a heart of gold. And, you know, it annoys me when there's people, you know, obviously I understand people don't like having a camera in their face. I get that. Yeah. However, Lewis is filming himself and capturing his experience. That is what he does. And he loves doing it. Um... And I, I think, you know, for, pe- for people, to put guys like him, I, I couldn't do that in the ground. I do, I do my, my Instagrams and I hold it down. I don't, I don't hold it directly in front of my face. Um, but for what Lewis does, the abuse that he gets sometimes from Chelsea fans is, is unreal. Yeah. And the way he handles it, honestly, the, the, the guy, the guy's great. Like, heart of gold. It's one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Um, I look forward to meeting him. I look forward to meeting all you guys. Oh, mate, you know, whenever you're over, just let me know. It's, it's, it's that easy. Go for a drink as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't know if you want to do that. I enjoy some alcohol. I love me some alcohol. Now, what I can't, what I, what I will not do, even though I know it's, it's not Irish. No, we're not going to Ireland. I cannot do Guinness. I, I just can't do the Guinness. Um, Guinness Guinness is like a Chelsea drink as well, mate. Oh I love my I love Guinness. God. All right, so here we go. So funny story. 
Um, but in the United States, the minimum drinking, and I hope I'm not blowing up, uh, you know, these people's spots. I hope I'm not killing the game for anybody that was in my, that's currently in my age bracket at that time. So in the United States, the current, the drinking age is 21. So any club, any bar you go to, if you're not 21, they don't even let you through the door. So the time between your 18 and 21 is kind of like a gray area. You're trying, you're old enough to go out, but you're not old enough to go to the real good places. So you, you go somewhere. So all my friends are Jamaican, are from Trinidad, and from the islands. So I would go to Jamaican parties at Jamaican clubs. And why would I go there? Because they, you could drink there. They don't care. They don't give two shits how old you are. You show up, you're getting an alcoholic beverage. And I remember being at these, going every all the time to these clubs, to these events, and everybody's got a Guinness. If you're Jamaican or you're from Trinidad, you either have a Guinness in your hand or you have a Heineken in your hand. I am not a Heineken guy. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to get me a Guinness today. So I walk up to the bar and I'm like, yo, let me get a Guinness. And they're like, all right, boom, pop the top. I take a sip and I'm like, garbage. I threw that shit out immediately. I couldn't stand it. So I, I, Guinness is not for me. It's not for me. Guinness, Guinness for me, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of the same. So it was a house party. My friend just gave me a Guinness. So that was the first time I had it. And it is, it's awful. I that never rule one of Guinness. Never drink it from a can. Always get draft. Draft is the best because it, it kind of it goes yeah. down smooth as well. I know. I, I think my only experience was uh, from a bottle. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. it'd be now. I have heard that Guinness over there is a hundred percent different from Guinness here. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm not gonna put anything out before I try it. I'll definitely go over there and have oh, a Guinness. Okay. And if it's trash over there, if it's not to, I shouldn't say trash. If it's not to my standards and to my liking, then I, I'm gonna have to. I'm just not made for Guinness. I'm too weak oh. for Guinness. No, so. mate. Listen, it's, it's it's not for everyone. But you know what we'll do? You tell them when you're landing. We'll come pick you up. We'll go to an Irish bar. We'll have a Guinness. You don't like it? We'll leave. That's it. How about that? <laughs> done. It's done. done. Sweet. There you go. We'll get Nini as well. We'll, we'll all go to the pub. Done. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I'm. There's a like an eighty percent chance that I'm gonna be there um, in March for the Wolves game. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, it, and it's and it's funny that that it would be the Wolves game because Wolves are always the team that I play in with FIFA. One because I love their logo, and two. They're always in the championship, and I like to get them into the Premier League. So I love playing with the Wolves. So it would be great to go to that game. It's going to be great to go to that game. But there is a, there is a like, we're sitting at a 10% chance that I'm actually going to be out there uh, at the end of September for the Liverpool game. Um, I'll actually find out this week uh, or next week, 100%, if I'm going to be going over there. There's a business uh -huh. trip plan that it's to be – we're at 50-50 if we're going to Spain. Um, and if we go to Spain, then 100%, 100%, I'm going to, to the match. So I'll, I'll find out next week 100% if I'm um, if I'm actually going to be there for the Liverpool game. Safe, man. Well, if you are, you know where I am. So let's let we, you know, we'll, we'll meet up definitely and do that. Absolutely. But 
I'm not gonna lie, that Liverpool game, that's that is gonna be a real test. That, that I think actually think that's it. the first real test. I, 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 I you don't. You know what saying Arsenal? You know what saying Arsenal is? Nah. No, I don't. And 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 I, I can know. I can a hundred percent confirm for the first time. This is breaking news on the podcast. I will be speaking. I will be doing my match review with a certain gentleman from a from um. Arsenal Fan TV by the name of Mo. He's coming on the podcast on Sunday. So that hey, would, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Mo's coming on the podcast on Sunday. He actually just confirmed uh, with me at three in the morning, <laughs> my time. So <laughs> he's coming on on uh, on uh, Sunday. The match review will be out on Monday. I tell you what, Mo is, Mo is a, lo- he's a lovely bloke to speak to. Honestly, when you speak football with Mo, not even just speaking football, he, the guy speaks a lot of sense. You know, he yeah. sits there, and when I, when I have a chat with him, you know, we 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 can speak about anything. And he literally he sits there, and he he engages in. I, I like to engage in debate. Put it this way: I, I I like to not have an argument. I engage in debate. And Mo, when it comes to having that debate with someone about something, whether it's football, whether it's politics, whatever it is, you know, he the guy is articulate. He he speaks sense, and you know, he you know he 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 lays down his opinion in a manner which then opens up the conversation. And Jenny, he's perfect for a podcast. You'll you'll have a great time, mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mo, I, I I've been uh, obviously like every football fan um, in the Premier League turned to Arsenal fan TV when when they shit on themselves. Um, and Mo is it, you know was one of the guys on there that he's always pretty much level headed. No matter how bad it gets, he's level headed. In criticism, he's level-headed in praise, and even during the Gary Neville, Gary Neville, Gary Neville, yeah, when they, Gary Neville, yeah, Gary. when they sat down with Gary Neville, I felt like Mo was the one sitting there, um, respectful of Gary Neville, but want ready to bring the heat, level-headed to uh, Gary Neville, you know, uh, when they sat down with him. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I, for me, th- this like I I can't I can't imagine. Him receiving a pot of an email out of nowhere from po- uh, uh, you know a podcaster that he's never heard of and from a rival fan from a rival club and sitting you know and like taking time out so I'm absolutely grateful for that. Um, so yeah. breaking news, everybody. All right. So as the first person on my podcast that's actually seen what Chelsea looks like um, this season in person. Give me, give me what your eyes are seeing because I see, I can, I, I take in the game. Um, I've only seen Chelsea play in real life three times, um, and that's obviously during the during the preseason. I've never actually seen them uh, in a meaningful game. So give give me what do your eyes see? Compare what you saw under Conte. I mean, as far back as you want to take it, and compare it to what you're seeing. Well, shit. I mean, you only have one game. But yeah, at least give me, give me, give me your feelings. See, you're you're up close to them. What do you see? Well, I, I'm I'm a natural born pessimist, so some people aren't gonna like what I have to say. But oh, that's, you know, that's fine. But it's a case of like, put, put, put it this way. In in terms of what what we had in those last few games of last season to now, I feel you know we we've still got the bulk of the same squad. Um, you can see the foundations that Maurizio Sarri is trying to lay. You can see what type of football he's wanting to play. But the biggest thing I've noticed, and it's not even the football, it's the player's body language. You know, you can tell, for example, even Luis. So Luis, obviously, t- towards the, uh, w- before he got 
basically dropped from the squad under Conte because he was dropped when everyone said he was injured. He was yeah, injured part injured. of the time. He was, he, he, was, was dropped. he was dropped. How do you, um, how do you I, I, like that excuse that everybody gives? Like, oh, he was still recovering from his Aguero knee injury. Like, what? He didn't tear his ACL. He continued playing. So, what? What injury did he incur? in the beginning part of the season would keep him out the entire rest of the season. That's bullshit. Yeah, no, it, it, it was. But, you know, he. The, what I, I respect him for how he dealt with that. Absolutely. That was, that was huge professionalism there for him not to blow out and, and say everything like other players had done previously, especially Willian as well at the minute. He's still talking about contact. How do you feel about that? Thing. It pisses me off, man. Really? I, 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 I Yeah. No, I, listen, I get that Willian didn't like Antonio contact. That's fine. He's gone now. Fucking just get on with it. This this is it. You've got a new manager. You've got yeah. a new system. You're playing completely different football. Conte is gone. If someone wants to raise that with you, speak to them off the record. I don't want to know about it. It doesn't really bother me. I don't care anymore. Conte is probably going to go to some other club, do really well, whatever it is, because he is a very good coach. I think the, the thing with Antonio Conte is he didn't get backed in the summer transfer market, not uh, summer transfer market after he won the league. Yeah. Realistically, this is why I'm saying, for example, from a, in terms of business acumen, you look at it, if that was me and I was in charge, Chelsea go, right, you won us a league with the fifth best team in the league, uh, fifth best team, no doubt about it. We were not one of the top four teams there. You know, if you look at the squads on paper, who do you want to improve your team? And they didn't do it. Yeah. And then they got annoyed and that's fine. We get that. When it rolls around to February and he's still moaning, I don't have the players, you kind of go, you know what, mate, I get that, but you're getting paid £7 million a year. Just get on with the job. Yeah. Um, and in the end, he kind of, he, it cost his relationship with the entire squad. You know, to be honest, I think I understand Willian's issues with it. I get that. But he's a 30-year-old man. He's being petulant. He needs to grow up. He's been a professional footballer for about 12 to 12 to 15 years now, really, if you think about it. He's been in and around squads. Yeah. So he, he needs to step up to the plate and prove that he's he's that he's grown up enough to do that. And to be honest as well, I, even before Conte, even after Conte left, when the sixty-five million pounds, seventy million pound bids are coming in for William, I think we were stupid not to take it. Absolutely. I, think I, I you know, it's it's stuff like that. You know, but I, I, look, William's he's a Chelsea player. He's part of the squad. And to be honest, like if we're talking about. What I'm seeing on the pitch, William on the left-hand side is a completely different animal to the one that's on the right. Ooh. You know, he's far more he, he's far more intense. He's far more powerful going forward. I mean, I don't know if you watched it, but that game when he was playing for Shakhtar Donetsk against us and scored the hat trick. Always, oh, I always go back to I, first. How how many years did we play Shakhtar Donetsk and they always were a problem for us? I I always say it like anybody that anybody in that window that came from Shakhtar, I think. Uh, Mkhitaryan was for them as well at that time, right? Yeah, you had Mkhitaryan, Fernandinho, you had Absolutely. Fernando, but then he turned out to be shite. Um, there's some guys, some great players, you know. A anybody that played for Shakhtar Dinesh when we were in a Champions League, where we've, we, it, seemed, it felt like we played Shakhtar Dinesh and PSG for like 10 years straight <laughs> in the <laughs> Champions League. It was always for those 10 years. It was like, God damn it, these guys are really, really good. Really good. Mm. And he was, a, and he was a part of that team. And so when we signed him, I was like, "Yes, finally, one less guy to deal with." And he was always a problem over there. Mm. But that's the thing that Willian that we saw there. I think what we what I saw at Huddersfield was a lot closer. So that Willian is the one that we saw. Hold on, right? Like, let me rephrase it. The Willian that we saw for Shakhtar Donetsk, the one that I personally saw at Huddersfield this weekend, just gone. 
was as closest to that Willian from Shakhtar I've seen since he's played for Chelsea. The cutting in, the movement, the, the nimbleness, the, the the power in his runs. The guy is a completely different animal. When you put him on the right-hand side, that's not his natural position. I mean, this season, I mean, everyone knows what I think about Alvaro Morata. The guy is useless. Oh, I, I no, would say that's the day no, I no, 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 mate, no. Mate, I'm sorry. No, 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 right. If he's going to sit there and go, I want to fight. I stayed and fight. I did this. I did that. I'm great. Back it up then. He doesn't back it up. This is this is it. I, I sit there. It, people who chat shit consistently and can't back it up. I agree with you there. I hate them. I, I can't stand it. I agree with it. you there. But like, he had he, a good game this at Huddersfield. No, he didn't. He would, no, he didn't. He was he was invisible. He didn't do anything. One thing that they didn't show, I think they might not have shown it on TV, but when I saw it, when he got that first offside flag, everyone stopped playing. He carried on. Yeah. He, okay. He still missed it. He, he did. He did. He, he did. Still, he had he still all the time it. in the world, and he still misses it. So the he. Guy, the, he's useless. Sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I wanted to keep with that that exact same point. Don't leave it. You were there. I saw, he heard the whistle, and he was like, ah, and he just shot. He just continued his motion. You saw, and you heard up close. Did he hear the whistle? I heard the whistle. Yeah. Everyone stopped. Everyone stopped. And he just turned. He carried on. In fact, he got a lot faster and a lot more nimble when the whistle went. Mm. That's what I saw. It was more on his toes. He turned. He looked up, and he shot, and he still missed it. As yeah, Honestly, right? Put it this way, when everyone says, oh, but look at Juventus, what did he do for Juventus? Was he great? He scored eight goals for Juventus. I, I, am, I, I, am, I am half Italian. I have family that Juventus fans. I speak to them about it. I spoke to them about it. He was a, they were the first people I spoke to. They said, yeah, he's good. He's all right. Madrid fans obviously were raving because he had that amazing season. But he scored eight goals for Juventus. Eight. Mm. That is nothing. He's, mm. he, he, people always say, but he scored in the Champions League final. Yeah, cool. That's great. It's great to have that on your CV. I've scored in a Champions League final. But you need he needs to score in other games. The way he kicked off last season, everyone was so impressed. And he just he just stopped. And when people say it's a striker that's low on confidence, I'm sorry, if you are it's a mental thing as well. People saying that, you know, Alvaro Morata, um, you know, it's, he's low on confidence, you shouldn't be saying all this stuff about him. No, he's a sixty million pound striker. Until Kepper arrived, he is our record striker. He's going to get criticism. If you're a Chelsea centre forward, you should be on top of your game. This is a top six Premier League club, which aims to be in cha- which aims to be in Champions League. I to not deliver on, on a sixty million pound investment. Sixty million pounds. We got ten goals. That's six million pound a goal. Come on, you, you can't say this, this guy is he's not good. He's not Chelsea quality. He's rubbish. See, oh, okay. So, I had him on my app um, that I refer to always. It's kind of it's 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 my needle that I use. Um, he was rated at a six point. I want to say six point five, six point three. I had him a little bit higher than that because if you listen to the post match on uh, from the Huddersfield manager David Wagner. David Wagner said that it wasn't the 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 PK. He wasn't um, upset about receiving the PK. He wasn't even upset about the one-two between Ross Barkley and um, and Marcus Alonso. He was most upset what happened in the middle of the pitch, and that was Morata. Like 
Rudiger, Morata's movement, again, this is what I'm seeing on TV, so obviously I can't see everything. So Rudiger's move, it, it, it was Jorginho played the ball back to Rudiger. Rudiger uh, tried to move around, played the ball up to Jorginho. Then Rudiger ran up, found space, got, received the ball from Jorginho, looked around, saw Morata in the middle of the pitch, gave it to Morata. Morata turned to his left, facing towards William. Um, pass it on to William, and then William started making his run down the left, found Pedro, Pedro found Jorginho again, Jorginho found Ross Barkley, Ross Barkley found Marcus Alonso. So that build-up in play, according to the coach, all was because of Arau Morata. Um, build-up build is great, but he's not paid to get build-up players. That's true. That's, that's, you know what? I And I was having this conversation. Again, every single podcast I bring this guy up, he, does, he has no idea... Nobody, none of my friends, none of like, um, I have two friends, three friends that actually know about this podcast, but nobody else, especially my football fans, my football uh, friends that actually would know and love this podcast, they have no idea about it. I talk about this guy every single podcast because he is my Juventus connection and he couldn't stop raving about Alvaro Morata. And... What I was telling him is with Morata, there he has Morata has, is is fighting an uphill battle because he reminds me so much of Torres, and that's a problem. And he's coming after Diego Costa, which is also a problem. The reason it's a problem is we remember Torres and we're comparing him to Costa. And what Alvaro Morata is is a way better football player than Diego Costa, but we're Diego Costa destroys Alvaro Morata is what's in his chest. And and I think that's that's the problem. Diego Costa always, no matter what, believes wherever he picks up the ball, that ball is going in the back of the net no matter what. And I think Morata does not have that. I agree. I th- the thing is, this, this is the thing. If you are a world-class striker or you are a decent striker, decent quality... No matter what you do, you need to try and go for the ball. I was having this conversation again. I agree with you. That literally, I was just thinking, as soon as you were saying that, I just thought of a friend. And we were sat down speaking about Morata the other day. And he says, you look at Didier Drogba, for example. I'm not comparing Morata to Drogba. No one can be comparable to Drogba in terms Absolutely of the second quality that Chelsea have had. It was the heart. So, for example, 2007, in the League Cup final, you know, we, we were you know we were struggling. John Terry had been kicked in the head by Abu Dhabi. He had to go to hospital. He was in a concussion. Like all that kind of all, all that kind of stuff. Drogba and Lampo are players. Are prime examples of players that always fought. Even though when Drogba was not going to get that ball as a centre forward, he still stuck his leg out to try and get it. He still tried to fight to go and fight that ball. He still, like Costa, believed the ball was going to go in the back of the net. Alvaro Morata, you watch him sometimes. He holds his hands up, stops. Oh, I can't go for that. No, I'm sorry. If you are a world-class striker, as you always talk about you, him, him being, he always talks about fighting. He always talks the talk. A man doesn't walk the walk. Um, you, you need to have ice in your veins if you're a good striker. And you need to go for that ball every occasion. I don't care. If he's, he, like I keep saying, £60 million. £60 million. World... Re- world um, sorry... Uh, club record transfer, not world record transfer. I mean, um, in the world, he's number nineteen. I think. I think, right? Number nineteen. What, finan- financially. Yeah, I- I'm pretty sure he's like uh, that was a a number that I heard that he's 
he's 19. Or even if he is a 19, let's call him top 25. I mean, I can think yeah, of yeah. a lot of players that deserve to be in the top 25 in world transfer fees in Alvaro Morata. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's, it's a case of people say I'm harsh on him and people say I have an agenda. Yeah, you're, people are right. I do have an agenda against Alvaro Morata. That's because the guy doesn't fight. You, you, you're saying, I, 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 I want to see people give 110% every week. Yeah. If we lose and we're giving 110%, I'm not angry. That's why whenever people see me angry after football games, because I don't feel that our players are giving 110%. Morata, week in, week out, I could think about two or three games previously. I'd say Man United was the last one where you could say, because he scored that late winner. You know, I'd say that was the last game where I personally feel that he was giving 110%. Now, when, uh, when, oh, this is the one thing, and I, I 100% agree with you when it comes to passion for the game. The one thing, I, I grew up playing American football uh, all my life, up and through high school. Um, even after high school, I played in a bunch of flag football leagues. And the one thing, when I play uh, soccer now, the one thing that is missing, and it seems like, it's just part of the sport is this determination, not determination, but this belief from the player to look like this attitude is missing from the game. It's like when you look across the guy and he's wearing another shirt from you, that, 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 that feeling of my man, there is nothing you can do. that's about to, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop what's about to happen to you. And I feel like that is missing. And when we see it in guys, like when Ampathu during the preseason dove down and tried to head the ball away well, it, it, in our box, like that passion that John Terry shows, uh, mm. showed, that Drogba showed, that Diego Costa showed, that's missing. I feel like that's always, that's always missing and it's refreshing to see it in guys. Mm. I, as much as I love Eden Hazard... I don't feel like Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard knows he can whip your ass with the ball; that he can do whatever he want. But I want. I would love to see him go, like he did against Southampton. I felt like when he threw. I honestly felt like last year, when we were playing Southampton and Eden Hazard, it was around the 68th minute, right around there, when the ball went out of bounds. And Hazard felt like it was our ball. He picked it up and he threw it into the Southampton the player's face. I felt like that was him going, it's fucking over. I'm done with this shit. We're winning this game. And I feel like that attitude is always, like, it's always lacking. As opposed yeah. to in American football, you don't, you don't even step on the field if you don't feel like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think that it, it is missing. But like you said, Ampadu, you know, these young players that are coming up that understand. Mason Mount is a player, another player where you look at him and obviously he's a he's a flat he's a flagship for for young English footballers. He's he is that poster boy. Um, obviously, he's been over in the UK. He's been in loads of adverts with Ryan Sessegnon, with Phil Foden. You know, two players which are Premier League players that are ridiculously tipped. Well, we're not ridiculously, but they're, you know they're, they're tipped to be the next big things. And this guy's in the same in the same boat as them. And he, you can see that he wants to fight. I I watched the Youth Cup final. I was lucky to be in the press box, not last season, the season before that, and the for the Youth Cup final. 
And for me, I was I was watching the football, and it was the first time in a very long time where I looked at it and you could see players that wanted to fight for the shirt, mm. and not even just fight for the shirt. It just had a bit more of a passion for football. I feel that sometimes you you watch these professional footballers again. Morata, I'll bring up. You know, he that Burnley game last season. I woke up. I I, I left my flat in London about 9am that day for a 10am train from Euston to get to a 7pm kickoff. I got back at 5am the next day to see Morata miss two opportunities. And then when he goes off the pitch and goes to sit on the bench, he's throwing bottles at people. He's yelling at people like it's not his fault that he he's, he's he, he doesn't care. that he, People people say, but it's passionate. He's having a go at people. No, it's not passion. It's petulance. And it's because you, there, there aren't players anymore that, you know, that have the, this, this aura. That, I think Hazard, for example, we use him. He has that aura and he does care, but he does it in a different way. He yeah. doesn't show it on the pitch all the time. Prime example is that 3-0 loss to Newcastle at the end of last season. When all the players were running away, running, and I mean running, because, for example, the last home game, they just walked around the centre circle. They didn't do a lap of honour because yeah. they don't appreciate us. And that just proved to me. I looked at it like they don't appreciate who, what we, what, what fans do. We were going up and down the country. You know, Hazard actually thought he stood, and he's tiny. He's five foot eight, but he stood in the middle of that tunnel, and went, "You go back out there, and you go over to those fans." That's what he did. But no one yeah. mentions that. No one talks about. It. The guy was there going, "No, this is not on. We've lost three 0 We have been awful. You go out there and you apologise." The guy is. He, he cares. You know he's got he's been here for six years, and when when he said you know it might be time for a new challenge, I respected that. The guy, look, put it this way: I understand people will be worried about losing Ed and Hazard, but at the same time, it is like being with a girl. All right, you don't know what else is out there, but you're so scared to dump her or lose her because you think you'll be on your own forever. Eden Hazard is he's he's a, he's a football player. You know, he players come and go, but you know he. He's given us everything for years. Yeah. There's been, yes, there was one season where he wasn't great, but he's given everything. You see him having scratches on his legs. You see people scything down. He gets back up. He carries on fighting. He carries this team. And it's a case of, you know, look, we have to... If the guy if the guy was to leave Chelsea this summer for, for 200 million, which people are still touting from Real Madrid, we won't sell him now because we've got no one else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a case of we, um, we, we have to... Bloody hell, my phone keeps going off. Sorry, mate. No, no, no. Listen, this podcast is built around the sudden interruptions, the the, the something happening. It's 7.47. My wife gets up with the baby in less than 45 minutes. You watch how this house (laughs) will transform. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and right, interruptions is, is gonna be everywhere. That's this is this podcast is built on it. I, I, at this point, I I welcome the interruption. Yeah, sorry, it's like my my uh, I've, I've lost I lost my train of thought. Like it was it was like you know when someone like triple texts. I was like, yeah. okay, this I saw the text. Okay, fine. Then he texts it again and again and again. It's like, mate, I'm trying to think. I've got a thought process of talking. Uh, my favorite yeah, is no. when somebody texts you, "Hi, send. What are you doing today, send?" Because I need to find out what are we gonna meet up send. It's like, yo, can you just send a paragraph and yeah, I, I, yeah. and I just mean, get I, it I, once? If it's if it's like, yo, what send? What are you up to? I'm fine with that because that's like, you know, that's that is almost like people typing as they talk. Yeah. It's when it's like twenty separate things 
going like, because I think, send, that this should be done because of this, send. I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. Can you just like, there's some bits just need to condense it. Um, But yeah, no, I think, yeah, Eden Hazard, he he shows he fights in a very different manner in comparison to to other players. You know, he he is, he's a gentleman. He's a lover, not a fighter. Um, So we have to, you know, the guy, for all the service he's given us, look, if the 200 million came and he said, look, guys, I'm going to hand him a transfer request, I'd like to move. I understand everyone will be panicking, but sometimes you might have to take those two those two steps, uh, that one step back to go two steps forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that is going to happen when we eventually lose Eden Hazard. Um, the same happened at United when they lost Ronaldo. The same happens at Spurs when they had Gareth Bale. You know, it's a case of these players are, are once in a lifetime. Yeah. And Eden Hazard, I, I feel privileged to watch him play football for Chelsea and pull on our shirt. Tiba Kota, on the other hand, is just a massive bellend. Dude, 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 I didn't give you the rules. We don't refer to him by name. On this podcast, oh. he's the snake. Um, oh, so I, I, I mean, to be honest, I put a tweet out the other day. I said, people say snake because that's an easy emoji to find. If you could find an emoji of the sound of foxes having sex, that's what Tiba Kota is. <laughs> that is what he is. The man is a joke. And he's there, when he's there going, oh, he would move for his family. People fail to remember that he's he fucked Megan off a of Love Island. He shagged the Kevin De Bruyne's girlfriend. girlfriend. He shagged Miss Belgium. He tried to get he, he got with a girl at a bar who he didn't he didn't tell he was in a relationship. The man is such a great family man and he cares so much Fuck for his family. Me. Fuck off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the place where I'm sat there just like just do one. You're a fucking liar. He's like and then now that people have found that story, the agents try to say to oh he was stressed. Get I'm out fucking of here. stressed. I'm Get 20 it. with grey hairs. I'm stressed every fucking day. But I still go do my job. If I got paid £200,000 a week, I'd be paying to do... I'd be doing my job all the time. I fucking love it. But YouTube ad revenue hasn't done that. And I haven't got any sponsorship deals, so I don't earn 200000 <laughs> a week, which is a bit annoying. So. He's, he, guys, you hear what he said? He doesn't earn 200000 But again... Louis and I have had conversations off of the podcast. And he said that, you know... 200,000 is a little bit out of his price range, but if you want to be picked up by the Range Rover at the airport, you know, I'll be more than happy to send send, send a car. He says Range Rovers are not nice enough. He's got other vehicles that are even better. The Lambo is in is in the back. <laughs> the Lambo oh, only oh, fits two. Hang on, my question is are we talking about my garage or are we talking about Tito Corto? Because my We're garage. About has yours. A... Ah, no, I mate. see it. I <laughs> see it. We're playing garage. it down. We're by, we're downplaying. <laughs> I get no, it. Mate. I get it. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got the tampon on wheels. I've got a Toyota Prius. That's what. That's what my. And it'd be, it would be an old battered one. Ironically, I don't even drive. I ain't got that shit in my garage. Who needs them in London? You don't need a car. He says he has a driver. <laughs> oh mate, no, I wish. I wish. And YouTube. The thing about YouTube is right. We that art. We literally. I earn nothing from doing that, like money wise. I, I we I get a little bit, but it's my, more of like a cushion on top of my student loan. I just do it because I love it. Yeah. Like, me, me, you know, me, Nene, and I'd, and I'd say that's some of the. Well, there's other Chelsea content creators out there, but they don't. You know, me and me, Nene, do it because we love it. Um, we we sit. We you know we we go to games. We like to talk to it about football, and that's 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 our that's our dream. We're very lucky to be living. Um, what we wanted, what we wanted to do to the kids, and you know, I, I, I just love speaking to people. I've always loved doing. It. I wanted to be an actor when I was growing up. Obviously, I can't do that now because you know, hashtag 2018 standards. You know, you can't be a fat guy and go for films. 
foam what rolls. That's what happened. Why can't you? Yeah. No, seriously. So I, I got turned when I was about 16, 17, I got turned down for four agencies, despite being um I was I was part of the um I did had auditions for the National Youth Theatre. I got told to go for that. Uh, and I still got turned down because I was too overweight. Listen, uh, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. That's the, that's the, it's, it's a harsh business, but then I found out, I found, I came to do this instead. And you know what? I'm a lot happier for it because the same agencies that have been turning me down have been chasing me nonstop for the past two years. And I've been telling them where to go. <laughs> said, oh, Louis, I mean, we can get you all these deals. I just go, fuck off. I thought I'm not overweight now. I'm oh, a bitch. Despite the fact that I've put on like an extra load of weight because, uh, you know, university life. But um, are you yeah, still mate. in university? Yeah, I'm going into my final Holy year. Holy shit! So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you balance a YouTube channel with uh, what do you guys? Your YouTube channel now has what five point eight million people subscribers? Something 5. like that. I, I wish it was five point eight million subscribers. <laughs> mate. We've got six, sixty-eight thousand two hundred and eighteen. So you balance sixty eight thousand people and university at the same time, and God and my damn. own and my and my own uh, other company as well, and your own other company. How like we're recording? So three, two, one. All right, guys. Um, as I said earlier, this podcast is nothing without interruptions. My laptop died, and. I don't know what happened there, but we're back with the interview. Um, damn, Lou, I felt like we 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 were going on a roll, and and dude, I don't know what happened. So the last thing that we had was you balancing everything that you do and university, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Which is amazing. So let me ask you a question: How how I guess, yeah, again, I asked you earlier, how does what we're seeing or what you saw at Huddersfield differentiate from what you saw against, let's just take it game by game, Huddersfield this year and Huddersfield last year, even though they are, yes, there are two different play, two different teams essentially because they're different players on the team, but I mean, just give me a A and B comparison. So I think I'll take obviously the Huddersfield at home towards the last home game of last season versus this game. So last season, you saw the players just didn't want to play. Body, the thing for me, the biggest thing I keep saying is body language. There's very rigid, short passes, almost scared to move the ball forward. Whereas now you saw players were a lot more, I guess limber is the word I like to use. They're a lot more, they're a lot calmer. You know, they were, they're far more um, engaged in the whole situation. There are there some one or two touch passes. Um, you know, triangles being formed, some great shape to our play, and you can see that that's starting to be built. However, it's you no, know, it, it takes it takes time. Um, I, I, you you can see what Saudi is trying to do. You can see he's trying to develop the style of football, um, but he, and he's given it a two. He's given what he's done, which is very smart. He's given it a three month time frame. Say you're not going to see the best style of football for the next three months. So we're probably going to see it November. Um, and I respect him for that. Um, but the big thing is it might take even longer because it's Premier League. Obviously, there's that whole debate. And to be honest, that just takes time. The the, the whole aspect of the game takes time. Um, you know, we've seen, for example, you take other clubs, for example, we've seen 
Liverpool, Spurs. Mm-hmm. We'll put Arsenal in there and we'll put City in there. So we put those those four clubs. Um, Arsenal have just handed their new manager a five-year deal. So they're looking to build for the future. You can see yeah. that. They're trying to mirror the models of Liverpool and Tottenham, of which they've had their manager for three or three years and they've done they've gone for progress over quick results, which has led to them. They may not have won anything yet, but they're far closer to it than we are currently, I'd say, to win winning major trophies. City you, wait, 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 wait. Do you think Arsenal's closer to No 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 I mean I mean Liverpool and Tottenham. Oh, okay. Wait, Tottenham? Arsenal. I mean yeah. you think Tottenham so they can win something in the next two years. And even though people are saying, oh, but it'll only be a League Cup or an FA Cup, guess what? They've won something. And they can't really say they've, we've only won, they've only won an FA Cup. And what did we do last year? Finish fifth and win an FA Cup. So that's like, a, you know, that's one of those where it's a whole different debate. But um, I, I don't I, I think I think them not signing anybody in this window. Um, I don't OK, I, I'll take this. I'll take this back. I don't. I haven't studied their team because they're a shit team, and why would I want to inspect shit? Um, but I haven't studied them to know that. Okay, they needed a player in this position. They needed a player in that position. So I can't say that this summer transfer window was was good or bad for them. I can't. However, if you're taking, I, I just can't see see them progressing or getting trophies over before us I, I i don't see it i think if they don't get something this year they ain't getting anything well i mean it's gonna be interesting to see that because let's be honest right this is a very good Tottenham team as much as we say inspecting shit and all of that we have respect <laughs> that you know currently currently they they finished above they're the best they're currently the best london team because they finished across 38 games they finished above every other one. So it's a case of right now you're looking at that and you're going, okay, that's fair. I don't um, think it's fair. I, I think, think I, I think Antonio Conte with his dumbass decisions, uh, especially towards the end of the season with his lineups um, and his tactics, cost us a top okay, four they, spot. It, it, it did. It did. There's no doubt in that. However, you know, if and if and buts doesn't it doesn't change anything. What mm. happened is Tottenham finished. They beat us three one at Stamford Bridge for the first time in twenty odd years um, to win there. They were the best London team. They played the best football. Um, I because people are really obsessed with because I know they are what type of football is being played. They played the best football in London. They pay they, they they got the results and they finished above everybody else. That is it. Across thirty eight games, they did it. We didn't. Arsenal didn't. You know, Fulham, who came up, didn't because they they well they did, but they came up. But you know, it's a case of Leighton Orient, whoever it is. You know, Tottenham are the the best team in London right now. However, I agree that they need to reinforce it. They need to reinforce it by winning a trophy. That's the big thing. Um, will they do it? Potentially. I think the argument of if they have a better squad or not than us is it's there. There is there is an argument because they we bought this window and they didn't. However, if you were to do an eleven, I think you find it was still quite heavily Tottenham Hotspur. If you were to do a four three three, I think for me, if you look at it, I mean we'll have to see what Kepa's capable of because we don't really know. So right now, I probably Hugo Lloris in goal. Left back, I think Marcus Alonso is a natural wing back. We've got what we can mm. out of him. He's been a good servant. However, I don't think he has the tools to play left back. I think I he, don't think so either. But he yeah, had a good game against Huddersfield. He was okay. 
he was okay, but he did get caught out a couple of times yes, where did. you had yes, the player go around the back. Um, so I think you know that that Emerson, if you do Emerson or Danny Rose or Ben Davies, I think that's Tottenham there. Centre backs, you go all the way over Tongan. You've got options as you've got Davidson Sanchez, and then for Chelsea, you've got David Luiz, uh, Rudiger, and someone else. I'd say if you, I'd, I'd put Rudiger in there, and I'd put probably Alderweireld or Jan. Actually, no, Jan Vertonghen because Alderweireld apparently has dropped off a little bit. So that's that's already one, two, three Tottenham players. Right back. I think that's up for debate. But then again, we've got Aspilicueta, so that goes straight in. There's no arguments there because he's the best defender in the league and probably, for me, the best defender in the world, statistically as well, if people want to look I, it I up. think so as well. I think, I, think, I think for us, our supporters, we give him all of the credit in the world, but I think he is... I, I don't know if you're seeing this on your end. Um, I think he is underappreciated. I think oh, he yeah, is he underappreciated. Is. Um, he, he's... He's just I can't think of him having a bad game. I we I can think of having a bad game for him where he made where somebody beat him one time, but I can't think of a true bad game for a professional. I can't think of him having one. I, I really I can't. Mean, I'm sure was, it's there, but was, I can't think of it. Huddersfield he was okay. That's because he's getting used to playing that right back position uh, again. But I think it's a case of that, that, that he has had bad games. He has. Yeah, um, I mean, um, he's a human being. He has yeah. to have had a bad game, but I can't think of a time where I said, "Damn it, he cost us there." I, I, I really can't. Like, no, I can't either. But I think, it, but if you, if, again, if we look at this this debate, you've got three Tottenham players out of a back five. Then you go into midfield. If you're going to do four to three, Jorginho goes in. I'd say Kante goes in. I'd say but then I put I put Musa Dembele in there. That's another Tottenham player. Front three, I'd go Hazard, I'd go Harry Kane, and I'd probably go Ericsson. Yeah, I'd, I'd, as much as I don't... Out of their whole team, Ericsson is the one... Yes, Harry Kane, and I think Deli Alley right now... I, I, the thing with Deli Alley, I'm not sure where the talent begins and or the hype ends. I don't know which one comes first, because I feel like at, on our end... Um, when we watch the coverage and they're talking about Deli Alley, I'm not sure I'm not sure if they're just speaking straight from talent wise or they're they're including hype because I feel like there is a ton of hype when there it is, comes to is, speaking yeah. to Deli Alley. There is. But that we are, we have to bear in mind, put it this way, he had two superb seasons to begin with. Last season was a decent season. I think people forget that he scored 20 goals in his second season at Tottenham, or it might have been the first one, but he scored copious amounts of goals. Yeah. Deli Ali is a good player, but people need to... I think the expectations were there, and they're, they're, you know, they're unrealistic. He's a good player. He's very good technically. Um, you know, he can bring something to a team, and we saw that at the World Cup. Um, but I think for me, if, you, if you're going to look at that Tottenham team right now in terms of consistent performers and people that deliver... On every single stage, every single game, Ericsson is there. Ericsson is the player which consistently does he's the that. One that. He's the one that I always, when he gets that ball somewhere outside of the box, I'm like, motherfucker, I already know what's coming. I already mm. know what's coming. He's, to me, he's, again, he doesn't get the hype of Deli Alley because he just doesn't. But he's the one that I'm always more where more worried about his talent because I think he's damn good. He's damn good. Yeah, 
Yeah, he is. But I mean, there, there you go. If, we, if we've gone through the team, in terms of Chelsea pre- representation, you've got Rudiger, Aspilicueta, Kante, Jorginho, Hazard. Yeah. Five. Five out of, out of 11. Uh, well, it's, then, I mean, it's pretty balanced, I guess. They get one extra guy. Um, but then if you look at the bench, I, I don't know. But I feel like, I mean, looking at the schedule, seeing how Sarri has given himself a three-month window, which is excellent. All right, so we have Arsenal this weekend. Then we play Newcastle, Bournemouth, Cardiff City, West Ham. Then the 29th, Liverpool. Then Southampton, Manchester United on the 20th of October. Well, the point I'm trying to get at is that we play Tottenham on November, and November 24th. The point I'm trying to get at is that I think a three-month window is perfect, and there's a couple matches sprinkled in there that's going to truly test us where we're at. I think we were fortunate to get such um, an easy schedule. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't ask for well yeah we could get all our tough games in December but I couldn't ask for a better schedule open up against Huddersfield we should beat Huddersfield it doesn't matter if we got sorry in the tunnel before we're about to walk out or if I'm the one that's coaching Chelsea uh, you know since last year it doesn't matter we our team should always beat Huddersfield um well oh here we go here we go. The, the, the round two of the distractions and interruptions. The dog just woke up. That means the wife oh. is coming down the hallway. Let's see. There she is. Good morning, my love. How are you? Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. <laughs> not having it right now. Not yeah. having it. I'm going to slap you, silly. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I think, I think we, we absolutely, having Arsenal, Arsenal, any other year, maybe, you know, may, it would have been a, like, I would be more worried. But Arsenal with a new manager pretty much going through the same thing where we're going through couldn't be, um, the, the timing of it couldn't be better. And then mm. I, I, think, I think we're set up to A, see what we're made of at the right times of the season and B, if we are going to stumble, it's perfect. I mean, it, let's say we, we barely get a result in, in our truly difficult games, which would be Liverpool United and Arsenal. So mm. we drop points with those three teams. Well, we got in between those three teams games where we can make those up. So I think yeah. I think our schedule is perfect, and then by the time we play, we play City in December. We should be rolling. We should be in December, starting to see as good as it, we're gonna be this season in December. Yeah, I, th- I think that's gonna that's gonna be very very interesting. I think again, I I am I'm sitting and waiting. I'm gonna I want to I, I I like to watch how things unfold, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this whole situation is just gonna develop. Um, I think that. Um, you know, Mauricio Sarri is, he's, he's, what worries me is I feel that if we don't get the results, he's going to get chopped. And that's why I was saying, looking at Spurs, looking at Liverpool, you know, looking at Manchester City, these are people that have invested time and have seen yeah. something develop to bear fruit in the long term. I understand, Mauricio Sarri for me, look, I get he's been given a three year deal. He is in his 50s. He's not going to be a manager forever. And if he is a stepping stone to get better managers uh, in that 
in, in you know in, into our club to play his style of football, then so be it. You know, if we if we want to have an attacking brand, that's not going to happen overnight. And hopefully, I know that. Hopefully, the club understands that. But I'm not completely convinced. I mean, to be honest, I think if they might do, because to be honest, if if I was Chelsea, I would have sacked Conte after the Watford game. Absolutely, I thought he uh, should have been out early, early in the season last year. Um, and and apparently he believed it as well because I mean Nini Nini let I mean he told he had a video about it that he was taking meetings with with uh, PSG early March, so yeah he 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 knew the writing was on the wall and that's a whole another thing and, and I and, and you touched on it um, in the beginning of the podcast where I also believe that. I, I love this club. I love what happens within the pitch um, with all my heart. And I rarely do I question what happens um, because I am fully aware that Maurizio Sarri, Antonio Conte, any of these managers, any of the footballing people have more footballing knowledge in their left testicle than I do in all in 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 in, in my entire collect like like I can't study enough to know more than these guys have in their pinky finger. You know what I'm saying? So it's rare that I question what happens on the field. However, the business side, the business side of it, I I I question all the time. Um I just sometimes like I I don't see how he Antonio Conte remained as manager. You have a key. Let's look at it as a business alone, not as a footballing team. You have a key employee mm. disrupting business um, and affecting what's happening on the field, affecting your money, and yeah. you're just gonna allow him to remain. You know, like that's that's not smart business. That's not smart business. I'm sorry. So, I don't know. Um, what else have you been seeing, like in the Huddersfield game? What else did you see that was different? Jorginho and Conte. For me, the most exciting, the most interesting, the part of the game that I, I rewatched the game multiple times. I always, every single game, I watch it live, no notepad, no nothing. I just watch it live as is, and I let and I take the game as it is. I don't have any opinions, left or right or the other. And then I rewatch the game. The part of the team that I'm going to rewatch and that I'm always going to focus in on is that midfield. Yeah. Talk to me about what you saw in the midfield because I saw a few things that they were like, ooh, that's interesting. Why are we doing that? I, I, I found the most interesting was Kante as a box-to-box midfielder. That, that, that I was quite surprised by. Uh, it was almost, I guess he must have been given like a free roam role because he's in Gilo Kante and there's like five million of him on the pitch at one time. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a case of I think he was just you know there to clear up stuff. One, I think Barkley... The thing about Ross Barkley, Barkley had a good game. I feel he did okay. But then again, I feel like I'm being nice because you know he's come back from a long-term injury and you know people are getting really excited to see what he does for us. I, again, I know I, I say I have Italian family. I, I have Scouse family as well. I've got fucking family everywhere. Um, but you my, got my, family in Miami, Florida. Uh, <laughs> you're talking to them. <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. Um, so my mum, my she, she, was a, she was a Scouser, and uh, my family, they're Evertonians. So I asked them about Ross Barkley, and they said, the thing about Ross Barkley is he has those moments of magic. He's all, He has that... Everyone compared him to Paul Gascoigne when he first came on the scene. You know, he has that in him. 
However, his decision making overall, his um, the way he moves the ball, he's got tunnel vision. He he's like they they said you know he's a bit of a meathead sometimes with the ball. Like he he gets it and he just runs in straight line, tunnel vision doesn't see the pass, loses it. And I noticed he did that a few times against City in the Charity Shield. He did the same. I feel he did the same thing a couple of times against Huddersfield, which is why, for me, I think Loftus-Cheek deserves to be in that position. I want to see what he does because he only got a few minutes in that game. But when he came on, he offered a completely different element. He's very flamboyant with his play. He glue. He like he he just glide. He glid. Is it glid or glided? Whatever it is, he one of them. He he just <laughs> he just went straight. He went across the uh, the ground like it was nothing. It was like a boat through water. Yeah. Um, and he was he, he was very strong physically, and we moved the ball at the pitch very very quickly. Um, and I feel like he he probably be better suited to that role. Obviously, we've also got Kovacic, who's a player that we have to consider for that. Or even uh, with that, you know, he could be the one that's there with Jorginho as the as the regista, the, the, the deep lying player. Um, but the the big the big thing about that regista role, which I do want to say, obviously we saw that happen under Mourinho with Fabregas in the season we won the league. Fabregas was playing a register role. The next season, he got found out and our system fell apart. What worries me is we saw that against City. City closed down Jorginho and our game fell apart. We need to have other options. Um, I understand we're trying to develop a specific style of football, but we need to be able to have that plan A, plan B. I feel like we still need to be able to play long ball as much as you need to play the ball on the ground. I mean, Sam Allardyce, as much as people despise him for playing long ball, he made a great point yesterday um, on TalkSport about talking about Petr Cech, saying it was the, the manager's fault that, that you know, Petacek's not not great with his feet. Petacek is naturally not a keeper to play with his feet. If you want to play a keeper with your feet for Arsenal, you're putting Bert Leno or someone like that. Um, you know, it's a case of sometimes you do need to be able to hoof the ball long, though, yeah. um, rather than consistently always play out from the back. Yes, it looks great. Yes, it's fantastic. But sometimes if you need to win a game and it's the last minute, you can't, don't have time to play out from the back. You need to be able to hold it up. You need to be able to be using Giroud as an option or, uh, God forbid, Alvaro Morata. But, you know, it's a case of, <laughs> uh, you know, you need to have those, be that big man on there. And Sound Life made a great point about it. You can't always play from the back. So if this register role doesn't work, we need to be able to have other opportunities to seize and, and do stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a case of... I, I'm really excited to see how Georgina develops. I think he... Uh, my friend again made a very good point. Uh, I obviously he was he was back home, so I, I, I've got I live in Kent when I'm not in university, and I went for a we went for. A, I have a no brunch. idea where that's at. That's, uh, that's <laughs> in uh, relation to like I know I know so Southampton Kent. is in the south. I know that um, I'm, Newcastle I'm is all the way up north. Yeah, I'm about two hours from Southampton and about an hour from London. Okay, uh, so I live I live there. It's the Garden of England. Oh, um, I told you enough. this man. This man goes to the bank, and they wheel out the red carpet. He li- he just told you he lives in the Garden of of London. The no, gar- they, they, they say they say it's the Garden of England, but then again, if you go to Chatham, you've got a map about as many crackheads as you find in many <laughs> in any other place. So uh, I mean, it's not really. Um, <laughs> But it's a case of um, just, no disrespect to anyone that lives in Chatham. Uh, but it's a case of <laughs> he, my friend made the point about Jorginho that Matt Letizia, the king of penalties, this guy was amazing. He said he went oh I don't know let me get it up. He said oh Jorginho, if you were any calmer you'd be asleep when he took that penalty. <laughs> that was I was sat there going mate, that is superb. I love that. Uh, you know it's going to be interesting. I think Jorginho's a superb player. You could see him. I think he's the person which could be important in implementing Surrey system quickly. You could see him pointing to players and talking to people saying, go here, do this, do that, this is how this will work. 
he had a couple of arguments with Aspilla Quetta. I noticed that. I don't think Dave was a massive fan. Um, but, you know, I think it's a case of this is going to be, it's going to be, I'm really, really excited to see it. Um, I mean, for me this year, I don't think if I was in charge, I would say winning a trophy is a massive thing. I want to see something implemented. It's always nice to win stuff, but I want to see a long-term strategy implemented at Chelsea because I always feel whether it's great to be cutthroat, but now we're running out of options. Yeah. Um, We we, we were going back in potentially for Carlo Ancelotti again. We've already had Mourinho twice. You know, if you're doing that, we've had Gus Hiddink come back as an interim as well, then you know we've got issues because, you know, that that shouldn't be happening. Um, But I think, look, it, there's a very bright future at Chelsea if we keep holding on to your side um, of, impl- of implementing all this beautiful p- football that people are talking about. Uh, and I'm excited to see what it can bring us. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited as well. I, I'm looking at this season. Um, if we can, we have to secure top four. Yeah. Uh, if we, we start the. We are going to be still have the best, fifth best team in the league, though. So yeah, you know, we we have to secure top four. Um, I think we should have been top four last season, um, but we have to secure top four. If we could secure top four, sign Eden Hazard to a long term deal, which I think is going to happen. Um, and if we can win something, and ultimately prepare to destroy the Premier League next season and fuck up the Champions League next season. I'm not saying we need to win the Champions League. That's always beautiful. Um, but we, we, we're not Real Madrid where we could just assume that the Champions League is ours every season. But if mm. we can if we can put ourselves in a position where next season is the season for us to be feared, then I think this season ultimately is a success. Um, I'm looking for, yes, we need to have a plan A, plan B, but at the end of the season, I need to be able to be a hundred percent confident in plan A and to see, um, a development, a solid development going into next season for whatever the plan B and C is. So if we can (laughs) get all of that accomplished this season, I think it's an absolute success. Absolute, absolute success. It's already... Usually I stop knowing how to talk right around this time. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, yeah. No, I I think I I can see that argument. I think that it's tough. I think, look, I think, like I'm saying, I'm not that bothered about winning something this year. Obviously, people are going to be sitting there going, what? What the fuck's he talking about? We always want to win things. Yeah, I get that. Everyone wants to win stuff. But process calm you know i i I know it's very rich coming from me telling someone to be calm but it's a case of you know we've got um i think if we we can can try and i'm trying to visualize it in my head look europa league is impossible to talk about because you don't know who's going to drop out of champions league and i hate having that conversation of like who would you how far do you can go in the europa league okay well i don't know you could have napoli real madrid and someone else drop out of the champions league into the europa league for all we know um so we'll talk about that come round of six uh, round of sixty four. I think it is a round of thirty two. I think the Premier League. I agree. I think top four is something which we should be targeting. Um, the fact that I'm considering that again as we're targeting it uh, almost like it's a trophy is something that uh, that worries me. However, look, this year we use it as a building block, top four, and then move on. Um, 
I think winning, maybe, I think using kids is a big thing. I'd love to see yes. kids using the League Cup and the FA Cup. I'd love to see Callum hunting the doy I'd love to see, you know, all these, Ampadu. I'd love to see other young players coming through. Tammy Abraham, Loftus-Cheek being used, even though he's not really a young player anymore. He's a fully-fledged Premier League player and needs to be treated that way. Yes. Um, you know, we, 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 we need to be seeing developments in terms of that as well. For me, again, like I keep saying, it's about development this year. If, that, if I was sat in that boardroom, I'd go, look, this year, you know, we need to be prepared for transition. It may, this this may be the year where it's the one step back to take two steps forward. Um, but, I mean, signing Nathan Hazard to a long-term deal, you know, we've broken the world record for a, a goalkeeper. We spent £57 million on a central midfielder. Um, we brought in Rob Gein or a green on a free. I think that shows a... <laughs> a lot of uh, ambition that was sarcasm by the way <laughs> that's the legend the legendary yeah. rob green hey yeah. you know what though like him saving a penalty in our last uh in our last game in the in the preseason i mean the dude's never gonna play he's never yeah. if it oh, okay if we see rob green playing in a meaningful game then we are in big trouble then then there is a big Big problem, big problem. So yeah. he's never gonna play, and I was happy for him to be able to save uh, the penalty in our final and and to essentially win us the game. Um, all, well, almost. I mean, Hazard won us the game, but you know, yeah. I was happy to see that. And yeah, if it, yeah, keep going, keep going. I, that's all I had on Rob Green. I was uh, I was looking for words, but I'm like. Here we go. No, no, that's it. That's all I got in there. So, okay, well, I mean, Rob, Rob Green. Speaking about Hazard, though, that's one thing I didn't address in the Huddersfield game. When he came on, completely different animal. Completely different that's name. Completely, completely different Completely different. I think Hazard fully fit in this team for me. My personal level, Kepper and Goal, uh, or Big Kev, as I like to call him, because I can't say his last name. I, I might I'll help you. Like, Ready? I'll help Kev. you. I'll help you. you okay, is it, is the is key it, is uh, in the double R's. Yeah. All right. Kev, so, uh, uh, Ari Zabalaga. That you're they're there. They're you're 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 there. It's Arisa like uh uh well yeah Arisa You're on the right you're there it is. Boom. Yes You got it. it. It's it, it's in the double R's right there. If you can if you nail the double R's you're good to go because the last the last part is anybody can say that Balaga. Like that's easy. It's the yeah. double R's. You land the double R's, you're good to go. Yeah, I mean that's that's like a. I speak I speak French and Italian. Spanish is a language I've always wanted to learn. It's right so there. It's, it's, it's yeah, right I need, there. I need to get it. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's language, language in it. It's all Latin based. Yeah, well, so, it's 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 in Romanian is right there too. Latin stems from it. All right, I, I guys, I'm not a linguistic expert. I'm just a dude just learning on YouTube how to speak another language. So as I understand it. It all stems from Romance language, which makes sense that it comes from Romania. So even there's there's words in Romanian that you're like, hey, that sounds similar to something. So you have Romanian, Spanish, French, Portuguese, and Italian. I'm learning. I speak Portuguese, but I read Portuguese and I understand Portuguese. Um, Italian, when I'm playing football... I play with a lot of Italian friends, and I'm able to curse in Italian. I even got the hand. I even do the hand where, you know, I bring my fingers together and I shake my fist. I even do that. Um, so I'm, I'm getting, I'm understanding Italian. So they're all right there. They're all pretty, if you get one, you should be able to to be able to 
kind yeah. of think you can get the others. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's, it's all yeah, it's all Roman based. So kind of obviously the Romans uh, took it from then conquered the entirety of Europe and North Africa basically. Um, so it's a case of yeah, it's it, it's all based on that. It's, it's, it's a, I've always wanted to learn Spanish. Like I I, I tried, like I did it like. Um, I, I guess what, when you're 14, that's middle school, right? In the US, if that's the equivalent. Yeah, yeah, middle school, high school, right there, like yeah. ninth grade. It's it's eighth so, or ninth grade, one of the two. Yeah, so I was I was I was ninth grade. Um, so basically, it was a case of like I, I was there doing that, and I, I loved it, but I just, I, just could, I couldn't take it on into my other exam, which is really annoying. <laughs> um, but I don't mean French, French, Italian, and then English. I think I'm, I'm pretty, I think I'm okay. Yeah, yeah so I think I'm okay too. <laughs> I think I want there's, I've, I've wanted to learn so many languages for so many years just in case I put it into practice. But yeah, but Eden Hazard, yes. that's what we're here to talk about. Yes. Um, Did, okay, yeah. so my question is, my question is, okay, so this is one thing that I that I saw from the beginning, from when I saw even um, in the beginning and definitely when I rewatched his 14, 14 glorious minutes. It seems like Sorry told him, hey, dude, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you don't play left wing. You, like, you play wherever the fuck you want. And it seemed like he had the freedom to go anywhere because he was picking the ball up everywhere, going everywhere. What did you, like, what did you see actually there? I agree. I think that's, that's what it looked like to me. He was picking up and moving the ball to wherever he felt it was necessary. And I think that helped Willian as well. You know, like I was saying, Willian's a different animal on the left-hand side. He yeah. spent the majority of his time on the left-hand side. We ended up almost playing like a... It, fe- it felt like a 4-3-3, a three, three, but with a number 10 quite further forward. Um, I felt like almost you had um, Loftus-Cheek moving out to the right-hand side. You had William on the left. You had Murata down the middle. And then you had Hazard just in behind him. Um, and I felt almost Hazard was just controlling the game. That's what it felt like to me. And he was moving the ball forward. Uh, and then obviously you had almost Loftus Cheek when we were defending, dropping back to make a four, like a four, four, one, one with, you know, or four, even like a four, three, two, one, I'd say, you know, you almost had William and Hazard feeding off of uh, Morata and then Hazard dropping deep to collect the ball off of Loftus Cheek was picking up from the defence and linking everything up. And I, th- I thought it was a very, you know, Hazard was, was just pivotal. Because you, 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 you would have needed to have someone man marking him that game. And no one was. I felt. I did. I felt like when as soon as Hazard got the ball, though, you had like seven Huddersfield players or, or, or like like eleven hundred. So literally all of them just sat there, just yeah. going like, "Shit, right, <laughs> two of you go and get him now." Um, and it's a case of you know we, we saw the developments. We saw how uh, Eden Hazard, you know, basically picked the game by the scruff of the neck. And I feel like Sarri is going to use him in that system. I don't think false not. I think everyone saying play Hazard in a false nine. I don't think it would work. Because him and Dries Mertens are very different players. Dries Mertens is a natural goal scorer. I feel Hazard's a creative player. Yes, uh, yes. So it's a case of, you know, if we did play him in that false nine, then, yeah, I could see it happening, but that ball would literally always have to be on the floor. Literally always. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'd have to see how that works. But for me, look, this, like I keep saying, it's very bright times. It's too early to judge, too early to tell what can happen. I think it's a case that we need to have a conversation again come the end of November when Sarri said he's going to implement the thing by and then uh, we can see what happens. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think I think the Manchester City game is going to be, which is the beginning of December, I think that's the game where we can realistically expect however good we're going to be that we are going to see it during that game. I hope. I hope. Um, 
I hope. I hope sooner. I hope this weekend is 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 you know we're eighty percent sorry, but I, I think realistically, I mean, Jesus Christ, like these guys are all professionals. I'm sure there's concepts that Sorry's bringing up that they you know they they're well aware of. You know, it's not foreign. The game is not foreign to them. I wish I could bring. I wish I can get a guest where I can actually like the the actual nuts and bolts of the game are fascinating to me so i would love to bring somebody on maybe i mean do you know it maybe it's you what i'd say nini's good for that yeah i asked nini as well i i definitely asked nini um about that that when when i mean who's gonna know exactly or what's similar what 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 what, what is sorry when he sits down at the boardroom with the players what is you know what is he saying like okay guys like you know, oh, are you saying are you saying you want someone on the inside, basically? And not on the inside, because obviously nobody's gonna say, "Well, sorry, draws this." On nobody's gonna do that, but <laughs> like, yeah. like, nobody's gonna do that. But what I'm what I'm necessarily like, give me an idea, like when sorry's implementing stuff, because I I purchased a book on the recommendation of Joe Tweedy, um, about attacking soccer. Um, it's called the book is called Attacking Soccer, and literally word for word um what Huddersfield was trying to do came directly from the book literally how do you attack the 433 came exactly from the book so i want to i would love to know like give me an idea of what sorry could be saying to the players in these meetings like okay guys my system requires this so this is how you guys want i want you to set up i guess the only way to do that would be somebody an ex-player um somebody on those lines i have an idea on somebody that i'm pretty sure i can get on the podcast of ex-premier league player i'm putting it out there i'm pretty sure i can get matt piper he has a youtube channel um i've messaged him through youtube a few times and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i'm gonna that's somebody i'm gonna try to get on especially for the leicester game I'm gonna try to get Matt Piper on. Put it in. Alright, go on. That's gone. I'm. 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 I, you know, mate, you're talking the talk. See if you can walk the walk. Don't do an Alvaro to me. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. If or how about this? If I don't get Matt Piper on, it's simply because he, a scheduling conflict. It wasn't because of lack of effort on my end. I'll put okay, it out there like okay. that. That's okay, fair enough. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. So, okay. my man, um, uh, it's about time for me to uh, put my dad hat on and get my son ready for school. Um, what you, what else you got for me? What else? Wrapping it up here. What else you got? Anything? Mate, if you if you need to wrap up and look after your family, that's the most important thing on the planet. You do what you need to do, mate. Yep. Yeah, so, oh, hold on. Good morning. That was a little. Well, oh my God! Today's my anniversary. I just remembered. Happy anniversary, love. I uh, love you. Happy <laughs> eight years. I promise you your anniversary gift that I remembered to get us weeks, get you weeks ago is on the way. I completely oh forgot. Oh, my God. I completely <laughs> forgot about our anniversary. Oh, you're in trouble. You don't know that, right? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Right, send help. Right. Okay, I mean, if you've if you've if you've seen the league, you just need to do an emotional speech. You need to say "love is" and then add any noun or any synonym. Love is a journey. Love is a chariot. Love is a car. You know, just anything that moves. And then you say, start carry on talking, and then you get really choked up halfway through. Them. 
I can't do it. And then you just, that's it. And then, I, I you know, don't, just, I don't know. Send help, guys. Send help. I completely forgot. Well, I should say this. I should say this. We, her and I, my wife that I love oh so much, uh, I, we celebrate two anniversaries. We celebrate, you know, our anniversary, which I think is way more important than our wedding anniversary, our first date anniversary, which is in January, which I definitely remember way way ahead of time to get a gift for and are not so important at wedding anniversary i don't need to get like wh- who gets gifts for wedding anniversary that's basic. i mean i think that's that's that that is the anniversary that everyone talks about the the uh, the, the, the the first date anniversary right 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 my love oh you're going to the mall today uh, um well don't buy yourself something way too nice <laughs> <laughs> no, oh boy. Right. she's got go buy something buy, go buy something really 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 nice that really hits the that's a lot balance. that's a lot of really that's a lot of really's my man what are you trying to do here i'm basically trying to drop you in it because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> all right my man louis um listen guys if you're not i i don't if i'm bringing somebody on my podcast it goes without saying, I don't need to tell you to go out and support our family. Um, please support anybody within the Chelsea community. Uh, like, subscribe, do all of that. His channel, 100% Chelsea, has been, and as I can't imagine a future when it won't be, um, the best fan channel that, that, that that's, that's on YouTube. I mean, we're all fans. At the end of the day, Nini's channel, your channel... Eunice's channel, all the Chelsea channels, they're 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 part of our family. So if you're not subscribed to 100% Chelsea, please subscribe to 100% Chelsea. Um, help Lewis go from a Range Rover uh, for Monday and a Range Rover for Tuesday to a Range Rover for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and the Lambos for the weekend. And then get me the Prius for Friday night. And Prius for Friday night. The tampon on wheels, as he likes to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Subscribe. And if you're not following him on Twitter, please follow him on Twitter. I know he just started his uh, new Twitter account. Um, What's the handle on there? Where can they find you? It's at Louis Benaventi. So at L-O-U-I-S underscore Ben and then Eve from Adam and Eve, and then NTI. Um, I mainly had to get that account because Twitter thought I was uh, under 13 years old because, you know, <laughs> Twitter sucks. So, I mean, but I'm not going to lie, I've missed it, and I'm so glad I'm back. I love Twitter so much because, mate, I love it's, – it's good. But, mate, listen, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for your support as well. It really means a lot. All right. Uh, no, you're welcome. Absolutely welcome. So, yeah. Make sure you follow this podcast. Do as you're told. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks. You. Are we recording? Am I recording? Is this uh-huh. Oh yeah, there it is. So, welcome back. That was a great interview. It's been two hours since the last time that I spoke to you. Uh it's probably been like 30 seconds. Don't tell anybody. So that was uh my interview. I, I you know, I've gotta stop saying interview. I don't want to say interview. I wanna say I sat down, I spoke to a good friend of mine. Louis from 100% Chelsea. Again, if you guys are not subscribed to his channel or any of the Chelsea YouTube channels, any Chelsea podcast, any anything Chelsea related, 
any Twitter account, anything that's part of our family, our community, please, please, please go out there and subscribe and support, like, whatever. Even if, you know, even if you don't enjoy that person's message or whatever, whatever the case may be, if you either... If you if you're not liking, don't hate. You know what I'm saying? Like like and, and, I, and by don't hate, I mean don't. You know, I'm telling you, don't like something because that's hating. No 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 no. Like I'm not saying that, but like what I don't like, and this is personally, like I, I don't like infighting and stuff amongst family, amongst friends. Like it's us versus everybody. You know. And that's how I feel about it, but fuck it, like, you don't, I'm nobody for you to be listening to when it comes to that, it is what it is, so, um, I had a great time, and then there was, it wouldn't be my podcast without an interruption, it just is what it is, my battery, I thought it was plugged in, um, but I guess I didn't check the light, and it wasn't plugged in, so, shout out to Louie for, you know, I messaged him right away. Hey, I don't know. Give me a few, you know, a few seconds, whatever. We'll come back on. And uh, it was all sorted out. So uh, shout out to Louie. Before I let you guys go, um, one, you heard correctly on the interview with Louie. Sunday, I'm going to be doing my match review. And Mo from Arsenal Fan TV will be on the podcast. Um, I cannot tell you how excited I am for that. Uh, It's... I, I'm I'm just shocked that a fan, like somebody that recognized like Mo is, he would come on a new podcast. You know what I'm saying? This is my eighth episode that I'm releasing to you guys. This is new. And he's coming on the podcast. Like, holy shit. That's like I can't thank him enough. I am I am so pumped, so excited to have him on. Especially and I gave him an option. I'm like, yo, let's we could do a match preview or match reviews. Like, no, 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 no. I want to do a match review because he he's feeling himself a little bit he thinks he's coming on to talk shit that arsenal is gonna wax our ass and beat our ass and he's gonna you know come in here with his chest all out that that you know they're feeling himself but i i don't see it going like that i i i feel like you know we're gonna do our thing i feel like i'm always confident in chelsea like i I'm of the opinion until, and this is me personally, I could be playing one-on-one against LeBron James. I could be the striker for Chelsea, and I'm going up against the best team. I I am going to win. Until proven otherwise, I will win. I'd rather have supreme confidence in myself, supreme confidence in my team, than not. So I feel like we're we're the best team on planet Earth. I feel like we have the best players we are the best in everything. I feel the lady and the receptionist. The receptionist at Chelsea Football Club is the best fucking receptionist on planet Earth. Better than any receptionist for any club. The the steward, the janitor, anybody that has anything to do with Chelsea Football Club is the best at whatever they do. That's how I feel. And until proven otherwise, that's how it will remain. So, you know, and, 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 and to be fair, I, I would assume that... Everybody else feels the same for their club, team, whatever. So I, I'm I'm excited for that. So that's gonna be Sunday. Um, I'm gonna be coming at you tomorrow. I'm recording tomorrow with a match preview, kind of like in giving you current events, news, or whatever, and releasing that on Friday. 
at one o'clock, one ish, as long provided that there's no iguanas in the front of my house um, or any other interruptions, distractions, or any other bullshit. Number two, I um I received some feedback on the podcast when it came, uh, and I and I reached out publicly on the pod, you know, to this person, and I reached out through DMs and I thanked the person for their feedback. People, please, if you're listening to this, please do not hesitate, good or bad, reach out to me. Like I know, I see my numbers, and thank you, thank you. I've I've got it over. Um, you know, a thousand listens to, and by now it's it's more than that. Um, and I thank each and every one of you. Thank you to all my guests. Thank you to all my listeners, uh, for getting me over that milestone. You know, it's a personal milestone for me. Um, I thank each and every one of you for that. It's I I can't tell you what that means to me. You know, which leads me into part two, part three. I've been receiving, you know, DMs that have been blowing my mind and people have been reaching out to me that's blowing my mind. They're like, man, thanks. Your podcast is awesome. I love your podcast. Blah, 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 blah. B, 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 B. And then this point. It's kind of, your story's kind of inspirational. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. That's not like, I, bro, like when I told Nini the truth about how this podcast come up and, and you know, and who I am. Like, there's some things that I've left out of that, like, and I don't say them like, oh, like, yo, look at me, I'm, you know, struggling, and I'm not, like, it's just, it's the reality of it, like, it just is what it is, like, I was fired on May 18th from my job, like, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I always have a fallback option, which is my, you know, father-in-law family business, and I'm always fortunate. I always got an iron in the fire as far as something, you know, on my own, whether that's reselling and flipping stuff on eBay, this, that, the other. I'm always hustling. But, you know, I got fired on the 18th. I was fired February 1st, 2016 with a six-month-old son. I'm, you know, 30-something years old. And not for things like I'm not, like, stealing at work or nothing like that. You know, it's just, like, it's just... It, whether that's coming in late to work or whatever, it's like there's always little bullshit. And and to truth be told, like, I, truth be told is like, I always felt wherever I was working that this where I was at was not where I was meant to be. Where I was meant to be is doing this, like. This is what I'm meant to be. This is all I think about all day is podcasting. I think about living out my dreams. And I know, like, I feel it. Like, this is where I'm, like, fuck it. I'm going to stop there. So, to be, to, so, for me to know, like, where I've come from, like, yo, like, you know, I'm not, I, I don't consider myself somebody that is inspiring. Like, I don't, I don't see that shit. Like, you know, like. I'm just a dude, you know, I'm just a guy, and for you guys, for some of you guys, to say that to me, like, bro, it means the world, man, I I can't tell you what that means to me, like, thank you, like, and, you know, if you 
think my story is inspiring, well, like, I encourage you, if I can do it, I'm just a dude, man, I'm just a dude, I'm no better than you, I am no better than you, if I can do what my dream is, what my passion is, and live it out, and, and fuck it, and, and, you know, and jump feet first into, into the abyss, and try to make some shit happen, try to make this my full-time gig, try to make this my career, try, you know, try, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I have an idea where I want to go. And and that's it. Like, all I can do is put my energy into my dreams and my energy into my dreams and, 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 my, and my passions and hope for the best. If I can do that, I encourage you to do it too, whatever it may be, you know. Have a plan. Have a plan, have an idea, and try, you know. Don't let anybody tell you shit today somebody that I respect very highly within my life that knows exactly my ups, my downs, that this, that, or the other, all my faults, knows when my ADHD is kicking in and all that shit when it's not convenient. Um, and they're calling right now. Um, it's telling me like, oh, well, you know, this thing that you're doing, they don't, they don't have any idea. And there's no fault of their own. This thing you're doing, is it bringing you any money? It's like, no, it's not bringing me any money. No, it's not giving me, you know, sustaining my, paying my bills. But that doesn't mean I throw it in the back burner. It's, this is the only thing that I think about. So if I can do this, if I can be obsessed about my passion, about my dream, then I encourage you to do the same, whatever it may be. And trust me, whatever it is, as long as it's positive, you know, like, it's not as crazy shit like but if whatever your dream is whatever you aspire to be i'll be right there as your biggest fan as your biggest champion like you can do it man like you can do it man and i mean man like not by gender like man like word like the same as dude like male or female like whatever it is you can do it well anyways enough of me being preachy thank you guys um for reaching out to me thank you guys your words please 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 don't be please positive or negative reach out to me on twitter reach out to me on my email my email is right there on my twitter all american chelsea at gmail please reach out to me with criticism with feedback whatever the case may be your words make this show better because if it's something i don't want to hear all i'm gonna say is fuck you and it's gonna fuel my rage to be better you know, so it, 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 I take it all. I take it all and I want it all because, I, again, it's awesome hearing from people who actually are listening to the show, you know. So that's all I got. Please subscribe, like, share the videos from 100% Chelsea. Follow Louie on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, All American CFC. Um, reach out to it, wherever you see this podcast subscribe leave a rating i i don't i'm i'm as i progress further into these podcasts i'll start learning more about how the rating systems work on each platform but the podcast is available on all platforms please leave a rating it helps a lot it brings awareness to the podcast it brings an awareness to my cause of spreading this podcast you know what i'm saying so again thank you to all of you Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything. Um, and that's all I got for today. 
I love you. I will always end this podcast with I love you because I, I fucking mean it. I absolutely love each and every single one of you that are listening to this podcast right now. Whether it's now 2000, you know, what is it? August 15th, 2018 or whenever the case may be in the fucking future. If you're hearing my voice, know that I love you. That's it. That's all I got. Um, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll be recording tomorrow. I'll see you on Friday. So that's it. That's the end of the podcast. I love you. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. And your boys out.